Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series, where we interview pastors and professors from the Living Faith Bible Institute and from across the Living Faith Fellowship. Now, each week we come together with the hope of encouraging you and strengthening you. We have conversations about ministry, about missions, about discipleship, about theology, all kinds of issues uh, that one might encounter in a life of faith following Jesus Christ. And so uh, this week, I have the privilege of having uh, the second of two interviews with Pastor Tony Godfrey. And we're going to be having a conversation today about how to have faith in the midst of times of transition. And so his church has been going through a lot of transition over the last few years, and I'm looking forward to having him share that with you. And so with that, I want to welcome Pastor Tony Godfrey. Thanks again. Thanks for letting me be back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you were already in the studio, so, yeah. you know, it worked out two, it. two episodes. Maybe yeah. we could go for three or four or five. We can do it as long as you need, man. Um, or we can go get dinner after this, which is probably better. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, so, first of all, in the last episode, we talked a little bit about ministering in a rural setting, and you described your church for us quite a bit. Yeah. Um, will you tell us a little bit about Harvest Baptist Church? Just give us a, a brief synopsis. Oh, man. All right, so I like to refer to us as the Titus II ministry. We okay. have the aged, we have the young, um, where you have a lot of churches that tend to, to be younger, tend, some that tend to be older. We truly have a Titus II ministry, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I really, it's really enjoyable uh, to be a part of a church like that. We're loving, ministering, and uh, I don't know, it's, it's home away from home. It's family. Yeah. Um, I, I tell our church this a lot. I, I didn't grow up with a father in the home, but I go to a church with a lot of them. Yeah. And it's that's that's our church. Yeah, that's cool, man. Um now you you guys have been going through a lot of transition as a church. And um and churches transition for all kinds of different reasons. They mm. transition in terms of leadership or sending people or mm. um just like grieving loss. Sometimes there's suffering mm. and there's transitions in that. And there's churches face all kinds of transitions, which is why I think a conversation like this is important. Could you share with us the transition you guys have been going through over the last few years? Oh my goodness. A lots of different transitions yeah. for sure. So share, share all of them. We want to hear. Okay. So when I moved back from Texas, back mm-hmm. to Iola, the church had just purchased a Lutheran church building. Okay. Um, to get out of our old, old building, it was really bad, mm-hmm. and so really limited ministry and what they were able to do. So they bought this Lutheran church building, which was two separate buildings, um, capacities one hundred people, mm-hmm. had a basement underneath. Prototypical, you open the country doors of the two front. You're in the auditorium. Yeah, you know, you're. I'm just. That's how it was. It's, it was cool. It's a cool space. Yeah, the four years about yeah. as big as this table. Yeah, um, it was really cool. Acoustics in there were amazing, you know, but second, they had a playground in between and a children's building. So that was great. It was great. We used it. Um, we began to grow and grow and grow and grow um, to a point where we, you would open the doors and there would be 20 people crammed in a foyer standing mm-hmm. while everybody else was sitting. We were just to the point. We just couldn't do it. Anymore. And you guys tried the two service thing we, for a while. We, we did two services yeah. for a chunk of time. Mm-hmm. Um Went to two services, but we couldn't do classes at the same time because the sound traveled too much. Mm. So we tried to do a class downstairs while the service was going on upstairs. We just weren't able to do it. And so Bible training and 
uh, LFBI or anything like that was allocated to different times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but so that's a, that, which fractures the church, oh. right? Like is not, if everybody can't be there at once, then that's not great family. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, not like disunity, but two churches mm-hmm. meeting at the same time mm-hmm. in the same building, uh, which is hard. Yeah. Especially in a small town. Um, I mean, had different pastors. Just go to two services. Well, you don't live where I live. Mm-hmm. It's different. It's a different culture. It's a different mentality. So now you're literally running into the same people, inviting them to the church, and you go to the same church. You already go to the same church. You already go to the same church, wow. but you didn't interact. That actually happened. Yeah. Wow. And so we'd have one service and then 30 minutes or whatever buffer to allow on-street parking to, to change out. Mm-hmm. So you're literally not interacting at all throughout the week. And Bible studies, where well, you're only going to hang out with the people you're going to church with. Mm-hmm. You know, Bible studies from different, you know, it was just hard. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, it's an opportunity for leaders to be stepping up and, and carrying some load. So we did that for a chunk of time. And then the church began to grow even more, which is great. Mm-hmm. But then the option is, okay, do we go to a third service, but we're not ready to plan another church. Mm-hmm. And so we either go to a third service or we figure out something else because right. we can't we can't do this. And honestly, no part of me wanted to go to a third service to have the same thing happen again. Right. Um, just logistically, there's just no way we could do that. Um, and so for a while, I was dragging my feet. I'll be honest. I was just dragging my feet and we just began to stagnate. You get to a certain point and then it just dropped. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was happening. Well, we kind of had a little meeting and decided, you know, we need to sell this building. We just need to sell it and find another spot to meet. Well, we're looking at every other building in town. Either it's super expensive or it requires too much work or not available, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so I got to go to Malawi, Africa last year, mm-hmm. last year, whatever, a while back. I got to go to yeah. Malawi, Africa and there for discipleship and doing different things. But at the same time, I was asking God to just give me eyes, just eyes on how people do church elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know? And um, of course I love culture. And so I'm keyed in on everything I can possibly see. And and I'm realizing I'm seeing the buildings or lack thereof that they're meeting in mm-hmm. and the joy and the growth that's happening. And it's really super encouraging to me. And God did a work in my heart. Mm. And uh, I committed, I could, I, I could tell you where it happened. And uh, I, I said, okay, Lord, we're going to step out of faith. We're going to sell. And we don't have a place to go. I don't know what we're going to do. I have no idea what I'm going to lead our church into. But I got back and I called uh, Pastor Mason. Well, he's the, he wasn't a pastor then, but mm-hmm. Pastor Mason and... Then David Shelby and I said, "Hey, I, I think it's time," and they're like, "Yeah, it's been time, man. Yeah, we got to we got to do this." And um, so, literally, cleaned the building up, took pictures as good as I can take pictures, um, put it on Facebook Marketplace, and we sold our building in a week, full asking price. Wow! And um, but then what? Right. Because now you go out from two services to nowhere to meet. Yeah. What are you going to do in a week? Yeah. And so I made mention last last week 
that different churches are starting to close down. Well, three Methodist churches in town. Yeah. Um, two of them have since closed down, and they started meeting at they the main one. They basically consolidated, but they all have their own building still and their own boards. It's kind of weird. Because they own the buildings. They own the buildings. Right. So there's three churches meeting at one, but there's still three churches. Hmm. It's weird. Yeah. But I called one of them and said, hey, we'd love to rent out your building if possible. They said, we we heard. We kind of expected you'd be calling us. Hmm. I'm like, well, praise the Lord. So we got in, and they started letting us use that building, which was a godsend. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I think you saw the building. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Uh, not very awesome building. It's like a little bit bigger version of the church building you already in. Very similar, yeah. except a whole lot more stairs. Yeah, <laughs> there was a lot of stairs. A lot of stairs. And with an aging, sure, we have some some older people in our church that it was a hard thing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but God used it um, the whole time. Eyes open, Lord, where are you taking us? But it was so nice to be able to meet as one body mm-hmm. again. Well, even that was a transition. Because now you have two churches that have come back to one, mm-hmm. that are learning to do ministry together and serve together, and you know, getting to know each other. People introducing themselves, yeah, for the it, first which time. they know each other, right, but they yeah. don't know each other. Right. You know, so it's, they know each other in a different setting. They know each other from the ball field, but not mm-hmm. singing to Jesus at the same time. And you know, and they're a family without a, a real home. They're yeah. transient, so they have to rely on each other. Yes. I assume in a new way. Yeah, completely. And so everything's different again. Mm-hmm. The way do the way we do music, the way we do everything is completely different. Children's ministry different than um, so, but you grow in these transition times, mm-hmm. um, and the whole time praying, God, give us a building, give us a place that we can use, because we can't be here forever. Mm-hmm. The church we're renting from doesn't want us here forever. Um, in fact, it went longer than they wanted and longer than we wanted, but it it worked out. Um, one day I'm at a coffee shop, and every Every week, without fail, I drove the entire town looking for property. That took you like all of what, 10 minutes? Yeah, not long. (laughs) But you hear, oh, this business went out of business. Could we use that building? You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, just options. Right. Change all the time. Well, I've done every Google search you can find for properties for sale or whatever. And um, so I'm sitting at the coffee shop, done. I've looked at every avenue there is, Lord, and what are you going to do? Right. And so I'm back on Google, you know, commercial properties for sale in Iola, Kansas. You know how Google always tells you, you know, you visited this site 27 minutes ago, you know, or, you know, yesterday or whatever. They're tracking you. Yeah, they're tracking me. Yeah. Well, I'm getting all these little, hey, you were at this site, you were at this site, you were at this site, and there's one. Like, what? This is weird. Click on the link and this the bowling alley in town. Well, that's the thing's been for sale off and on for years. And I was like, that's weird. So I called him. I said, hey, this is an old ad from like 2017. Is your bowling alley for sale? And he goes, dude, this has been for sale since a year after I bought it. Wow. And I said, we're in need of a building. But is the bowling alley for sale? And he goes, yeah, that's for sale. Come to find out it's a perfect time for him to sell. He's got issues going on in his house and things. And so he's trying to get out of it because he still owes a note on it. Mm. So I'm like, well, what what it's worth and is not what we could ask. 
or what we could pay. He goes, I'm not asking what it's worth. I just need to get. So long story short, we agree on a price. And within 25 seconds, he lowers it to down another 2,500 bucks. I'm like, okay. We agreed on this price. He was really, I mean, he was that desperate too. Yeah, he just needed to be out from it. He's so excited that he finally found a buyer. Well, he's looking for somebody to take it over and run it as a bowling alley. Yeah. And so here comes Harvest Baptist Church, comes in, buys the bowling alley. Nothing happens in Iola without somebody hearing about it. Yeah. So we're trying to do it as quietly as we possibly can because all it takes is one. Well, by the way, and Bowling Alley League is starting in a month. Which like it means I, a lot. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, in my mind, that doesn't like, mean anything. in Kansas City, I'm sure that these people exist. I'm sure that the bowling fanatics exist somewhere in Kansas City. I don't encounter them. Right. I imagine that they are um, you know, you know, listening to rockabilly music and dressing like it's the fifties still. <laughs> and they're like chain smoking cigarettes. Maybe. Like yeah. that's what I imagine they are in my mind. Right. <clears throat> um, but in Iola, it's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Okay. It's, 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 there's a certain demographic, mm-hmm. right? But it's, it's still a thing. And that's getting ready to launch off in a month. And he goes, man, if we got to do this. We got to do this now. I'm like, well, I'm motivated. Sounds like you're motivated. Let's dance. Let's mm-hmm. get this thing done. And so sure enough, He's got a business partner and they're figuring the whole thing out. We buy the building. Well, our name's Mud. The town's upset. Oh my goodness. There's an ad, there's a newspaper article about it, comments. Ooh, dang. I mean, it was ugly and the supportive at the same time. So it was like two different voices. Two different voices. Yeah. And some people are going, I love the bull, but I went once a year. Sorry that it's gone, but come on. Yeah. Well, so. We get in the building, we start to remodel it, tear it apart, do all the thing. COVID happens. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, oh. Well, it guaranteed that the bowling alley was never going to make it in the first place. Right? So if you would have kept it, it would have closed down anyway. Sure. So people have already done that math. Mm-hmm. Right? And at the second, at the same time, now we're able to really devote a lot more time and energy because we are broke church, right? We got nothing. Yeah, the we, last episode you talked about the median income of the of under, a household. The household, yeah, it's thirty one thousand. Right. Now, when I took over pastoring the church in two thousand eleven, our, our offerings barely covered mm. the bills. Right. I'm not even talking salaries or anything; just yeah. barely covered the bills. Yeah. And yet, you know, people have been given and sacrificing whatever with the sell the building and everything. We were able to buy this bowling alley, buy some materials. We literally had another building donated to us for part for materials. So we went and dismantled another building, took all the wood and insulation and everything from it to move Reuse it to our it. building, yeah. repurpose it. And so we're doing all this work. It's laborious. It's tiring. It's, it's, it's expensive. Yeah. It's insanely expensive. And so having seen the space, um, there was a lot of work to do. Yeah. I mean, you converting a bowling alley into a church just in terms of like the man, the mechanical inner workings of a bowling alley. Oh my goodness. It's like, it's like wizard of Oz stuff. There's like chains and, and gizmos and gears and there's thousands of pounds of yeah. industrial material. Thousands of yeah. pounds. Yeah. I, it was, ins- I learned a lot about bowling mm-hmm. and I didn't want to know. 
I just want to bowl and get my ball back and then go home broke. Yeah. But now we're in this building or at least remodeling it while meeting in a, a Methodist church building. Right. COVID happens. Well, now what? Well, now we can't meet in the Methodist building. Well, we can go online. So we're doing the online thing, but that's not. No. That ain't, you can only do that for so long. That's right? not church. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you can reproduce what you do on church online, then you're not doing church. Right. And so, okay, this is a short amount of time, but we've got to be able to meet and do our thing. Well, now the building is pretty much framed up. We've had other churches come and help, and I'm so mm -hmm. thankful for these other churches that came and helped us. I mean, Midtown came and people literally bleeding and sweating to help us out. I'm so grateful for the sacrifice people made. But the building's nowhere near done because we're out of cash. We're out of money. And so mm -hmm. we're only able to move forward as we have the uh, have the money. COVID happens. We're online. We're doing our thing. Still trying to do work days, do our thing. Now we've got to meet. And so we're praying, do we go to house churches? Do we have three or four house churches? Sure. And do that about. Well, the weather's shifting. It's getting nicer. Let's have one service in our in our building. So we did that. That was kind of nice. It was just in the space where, as it is right now, there's a big empty space. So you were able to do it in the yeah. in the in, in the, the bowling alley. Yeah. Unfinished. Leaking roof. Yeah. Electrical stuff hanging all over the place. Two by four stud walls. A stage built with bowling alley lanes, mm -hmm. right? Which I think is pretty cool. I think it is cool too. But everybody's got their lawn chairs. And so they're showing up with the lawn chairs and we had one service in there. And it was just good because no one's seen each other. Yeah. You know, it was just tears flowing. It was just amazing. We're like, mm -hmm. why can't we do that again? So we did it again and again and again and again. And then it got hot, unbearably hot in there. So it's just radiating heat in there, you know. And so one Sunday was like ninety some degrees. We're like, we can't, yeah, we can't keep doing this. And so next thing you know, we're meeting in the park. I go to the city, ask permission to meet in the park. They said, yeah, this first come first serve. You're right. So one of our deacons was down there super early every single Sunday morning to grab a section of the park, and people would show up their lawn chairs. We'd mm -hmm. sit. Do service in the, under the trees for two months, and which takes you back to Malawi a little oh, bit. Oh, it did. Yeah, and I was like, "This is awesome," but people were coming. Mm -hmm. People are getting saved. Church is growing. Church is growing. Church is growing. Weather starts shifting again. Now, what are you going to do? Well, let's go back to the building. So we go back to the building. We've been there ever since. Mm -hmm. But man, it's uh, here's what I've learned. People don't care about your building. As much effort and worry that we put into pews and paint and sheetrock, they don't care. They want the goods. Yeah, they want, go. they want to know where the life is. Yeah, and where the meal is. Yeah. They're hungry. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're seeing. And so we're still in a time of transition. We're still meeting with two by four said walls, and but steps of faith, mm -hmm. right? And so we're trusting the Lord. We, we got a loan which is a huge step of faith for us because you got to have the cash to pay back a loan. Right. Right. And so you're not trusting the Lord. You're, you're trusting. No, we're trusting the Lord. This is a big deal for us. Yeah. And uh, we fasting and praying and just trusting the Lord mm -hmm. and a place of desperation. That's where we've been for years. Yeah. 
And now we're, now we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel, right? There's heat in the building today for the first time. Wow. Today, which is amazing because mm. um, they're calling for cold temperatures. Yeah, it's you cool know, this weekend. Um, it was just good news Man. to hear that and then seeing things done. And there's potential. There might be walls up, like sheetrock and paint on walls by Christmas. That's it's amazing, mm. you know? And then we can do children's ministry again because mm-hmm. we haven't had children's ministry for over a year. Now we're trying to minister to kids and do our thing. and That's not children's ministry. Yeah, it's just not the same. I don't want our children to think that they're they're not they're not the future of the church. They are the church too. Yeah, you know. And I, we're dropping the ball there a little bit. Youth ministry has been meeting in Mason's backyard. College young adults been meeting in my house. Um, we've got, you know, what have you? But it's just been transition after transition after transition. Our body's been amazing at it. Yeah. Which so you know you've explained you explained the narrative. Um, with the building and with COVID and from place to place to place to place. Mm. And I think one of the, the spiritual things that I'm hearing or, or I'm gleaning from what you said is that what you discovered in Malawi, that the church isn't a building. We know we say that all we the time. Say. Buildings are important, obviously. Yeah. They are important. But we say it all the time. Um, but you discovered with fresh eyes in Malawi that that the church is not a building. That's right. And um, what you've learned is that your church, your local church in Iola, discovered the same thing. Yeah. They, well put. Yeah. I mean, that that's exactly what happened. Now, what I, I, what I want to know about in terms of your own heart, like from a pastor's perspective, what did you discover about your own faith in this season? I mean, you're believing God for new things, and um, I'm sure that in your quiet time, in your devotion time, the Lord was showing you things, even maybe about yourself, um, that uh, that he, he wanted to call you to deeper faith. Tell us a little bit about that, just maybe less about the church and just where you are at personally in your own life. I tend to move slowly with any decision I make. I'm not a jumper mm-hmm. by nature. And God's been showing me a lot in the last few years. That sometimes I'm able, I'm willing to preach something, but not necessarily do it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, where it's easy to stand before church and say we got to be people of faith and walk in desperation and you know all these things, and but there comes a time where the pastor better be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to tell a husband whose wife's not serving the Lord, just have faith, continue. Yeah. You know, and it's easy. You know, to tell people, man, you gotta have faith. Oh, you don't have a job? Let's pray for let's, right. let's pray for jobs. Sounds great as advice. But what when the pastor's not willing to do it? Because mm. he's scared. And I think rightfully so. I think there's some fear involved, and that's what faith comes in. Mm-hmm. Right? So Bible talks about two different types of fear. One paralyzes, one propels you forward. And oftentimes I'm paralyzed by by fear. Well, faith moves you forward. Mm-hmm. And so God is constantly leading me to these points where you got to jump in faith and just trust the Lord. Um, it's not blind faith. God gives you direction through his word. Mm. 
And it's like selling the building. I knew God had been telling us to do that for a long time. I just dragged my feet. Mm. Um, it's time to meet under the meet under trees. Man, I didn't want to do that. I'm so glad we did. Mm. Um, when we had the building, David Shelby's like, Man, let's just go meet in there now. I'm like, how about we don't? How about we wait until it's done? And he was right. Let's go meet in there now. Church is growing. And I know you said not the church, but my own heart. God's just been dealing with me. Practice what you preach, man. Mm. I'm showing you in the word over and over and over and over again. Mm. Jump. Right. So, you know, discovering that and and having maybe um, your faith stoked. Mm. What does that look like in this next phase for Harvest Baptist Church? Like knowing what you know now, uh, as you enter into this next phase, how what does that look like in terms of calling the church or even your family? Maybe, you know, maybe um, in your own home. What does it look like to to apply that that new faith, that newfound level of faith uh, to the work itself? Okay, so one thing I'm, I've been praying is, okay, Lord, once we're back in this building, and we have a semblance of normalcy, mm-hmm. it's going to be dangerous. I don't want to live in normalcy, and I don't. And our, what our church has grown in, and what they've seen, some of our people, they've only known us in a time of transition. Mm-hmm. They weren't there. Yeah, yeah. They weren't there a few years ago. All they've known is two services. All they've known is under the trees. All they've known is two by four stood walls. How do we function when the lights work and the toilet flushes and there, that there is a toilet, mm-hmm. you know, how do we function when we have a children's ministry? Mm-hmm. I don't want it to become a final resting place. I don't want it to become a recliner. Mm. So my prayer is that we stay desperate. And so we're praying that we would be able to be a part of or plant the church within the next four years. Within the next four years, either I'm bouncing, Mason's bouncing, or somebody leader, one of our leaders is, is taken off somewhere yeah. to be a part of a church plant, mm. to plant one or be a part of one or whatever. We've got to be, we've got to be moving forward, right? Training and preparing leaders, and and so we're trying to get um, a structure in place, which is great, but at the same time. We haven't had a structure in a couple of years for certain right. things. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying to go back to one mm. because I don't want to move forward without faith. Mm-hmm. And so it's a hard thing to pray for us to stay in that place of dependency where we only God can move. I mean, there's a part of you that's just like, can we just get there already? Right. And so I'm preaching through Deuteronomy right now. Mm which is a heavy book to preach through, but a perfect book for us because it's a bunch of people who've had 40 years of transition. Mm. And crossing the river does not mean you're done. It means you started. Yeah, yeah. And so that's that's kind of why The building is your river. The building's our river. Yeah. And we have to start now. Mm -hmm. what, What have we been doing? We've been preparing. Yeah. And it also makes me think about Ezra and Nehemiah mm-hmm. and um, the exiled nation coming back home 
and all the work that was done and then the, the different kinds of responses that, yeah. that people had uh, to the building of the temple. And, and some of them were faith-filled and excited and then others were like, this was this isn't what we expected, right. you know, and um, and so I imagine you're going to run into, uh, I guess, all of these personalities that make up your church mm. are going to have different thoughts and different levels of comfort and things that you know, and that has to be managed from a, a place of faith, I yeah. suppose. Yeah, you ready for that? <laughs> um, so we get our vision from Haggai chapter one. So mm-hmm. it's interesting you bring that up. Mm-hmm. Haggai chapter one verse eight. Go up to the mountain, bring wood, build the house, and I'll take pleasure and I'll be glorified, say the Lord. That's Haggai 1.8. That's our vision. Mm. That's exactly what they did. And as soon as they got the foundation done, there's a celebration, right? You got people crying, you got people celebrating, you got right. all these different things. Okay, well, that's, that's great. There's at least a response to what God's doing, mm-hmm. no doubt. Um, I don't pretend to think that once we get the building done, like that's some end all be all of the mission, you know, that there's not going to be some people going, yeah, but it's not the same church. It was, well, God didn't ask us to to rebuild what we had. Yeah. Yeah. That's He's, he's calling us to build what we have. Mm-hmm. So that's got to be the vision. Yeah. And just like when Moses is dealing with the people crossing over, they have to choose whether they're going to do it or not. Every day they have to choose. Every day. Yeah. But there's going to be a moment of crisis, a moment. Are you crossing over to walk in God's promises or not? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, there's two and a half tribes that said, I'm good. Yeah. As a pastor, I recognize we probably have some of those. Mm. Says, you know what? I'm good. They want to be associated. They want to be affiliated. They want to be around, but not necessarily walk in the promises. Right. Well, they still cross the river without them. Mm-hmm. That's it's hard, you know. And what you're saying is interesting because it's it also describes the transition that a lot of our churches face right now with COVID. Yep. Uh, because there is at some level now, certainly there are people that are um, are rightfully um, making decisions based on conviction to to stay yeah. home. They've got they've got reasons, so we're not talking about that. But the church as a whole, the American church, or even Living Faith Fellowship churches. There are people that have to make a faith-based decision. Mm-hmm. Either I move forward and I'm a part of what God's doing, yeah. or I stay home. And then what does that look like for me and what, what's being lost? Um, those two tribes, um, their portion was different. Yeah. You know, they, it, Things didn't work out the way that they had imagined in their mind. And the next generation paid the price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Their children paid the price. Yeah. They made the choice. Now, with this conversation of transition, um, you know, we at the beginning of the show, we talked about this idea that with COVID or whatever the transition may be, mm. churches are always facing these moments, yep. right? Um, and they come they come packaged differently. Uh, but transition is a part of, of the walk. Yeah. Right? It's uh, especially for churches who are church planting. Mm. Um. What is what is maybe a piece of, of advice or a biblical insight that you could give that would spur people to greater faith in general as it concerns facing tran- transition, the, tri- the trial of transition specifically, the pain associated with it? Um, maybe okay. maybe leave us with with some some insight. All right. So 
Can I take you to my favorite verse in the Bible? Absolutely. Colossians chapter four. Okay. It's a very special passage of scripture to me. So much so that my pages are sticking together. I've been yeah. there so many times. Colossians 4, verse 17. It's my favorite verse in the Bible because God used it in, a li- in, my, in my life in a time where I was going through major transition, mm-hmm. um, where I was wanting to quit ministry. I was wanting to quit everything because it was so hard. And I felt like everybody was coming after, coming to me for the answers, and I didn't have any. Mm. And I had to question whether everything God had been leading me to was true or not. And when you come to Colossians 4.17, you have a guy named Archippus who has to step up and lead a church because his pastor is in Rome in a, in a, in a jail cell with Paul in Rome. Mm-hmm. And Paul writes this letter back. And says in verse 17, and say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill it. Now, when I was studying that, it jumped off the page and God said, you have a job to do. Mm. Don't just do it. Finish it. Yeah. Fulfill it. Fulfill it. To the brim. Mm-hmm. That's my advice. Yeah. You have a job to do. No matter what the transition is, you might be in a time of transition. You may not have ever thought you would be the guy to lead in a time of transition. Mm-hmm. But you have a job to do. There is a job to do. Yeah. Step up. And don't just play at it. Don't talk about it. Don't just don't mess around with it. Fulfill it. Mm. And it reminds me of what Jesus said in John chapter 17, where he says, I finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Mm-hmm. That's a bold statement. It is bold. And it, and it makes me think too, we, we live in a world where I think a lot of times um, the whole step up and do what's right, despite mm. how you feel. Yeah. Um, that kind of rhetoric is opposed culturally mm. in our world today. Yeah. And I think people have a really hard time hearing it, mm. but nonetheless, I think a lot of our churches are a testament to the fact that that kind of yeah. call to faith, uh, call to purpose, call to identity, um, call to hope, that that kind of bold way of, of discussing the mission mm. is ultimately what delivers people from their depression, fear, yeah. anxiety, insecurity. Um, whatever they're feeling and struggling with, they find their way out of it when someone says, hey, see, look what God called us to do. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on that. Yeah. And uh, man, so I really appreciate mm. that that testimony that you shared. Yeah. Um, Tony, I love you, man. I love you, man. Hanging out like this is great. I do. I enjoy this. So we're going to do this again at, at some point. All right. Thanks for sharing your story is yeah. what I really want to say. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like God is, you're still in a moment of transition. Yeah. But- but you're beginning to see what the next hill looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to share the story. Hopefully it helps somebody else. Man, I hope so too. And so we want to thank you for joining us for this episode of The Postscript. Uh, we do hope it was an encouragement to you. And if you've got questions, like you're listening and, and maybe after a few episodes, you're beginning to hear about Living Faith Fellowship, uh, LFBI, what is this stuff? What are, what are these guys talking about? Uh, we want to ask that you would check check in and and find out what we're about. 
you can visit lffellowship.com and learn about our fellowship of churches. Uh, we're doctrinally like-minded. Uh, we agree in terms of the authority of God's word. And uh, we have a, a, a shared purpose in terms of church planting and missions throughout the world. And so that's what brings guys like Tony and I together or any of the men that have been on this show previously. And so if you have interest in, in that, visit lffellowship.com. If you need, you, uh, you know you need to be trained. There's a, you, you feel the call to a greater and deeper form of discipleship. LFBI.org is where you want to go. Learn about our Bible Institute. But we do hope that every one of these episodes of the Postscript would strengthen you, build your faith, and call you to uh, a deeper walk, one that's unafraid and purposed. And uh, we want to thank you for joining us. God bless. God bless.